and welcome back to episode 74 of the Half Swing Shinty podcast, where we review and preview the week shinty from all over Scotland. In the week that Boris Johnson was prevented from building a new pool due to the presence of Newt, there was lots of great shinty. And to go through it all with me, I have a man who's known for his orange belly and his warty skin. It's Kami Middleton. Kami, how are you getting on and what's your favourite amphibian? Yeah, I'm good, Ian. Glad to be back. It's been, it's been a couple of weeks now, isn't it? Um, so yeah, glad to be back and talking shinty. Um, probably your strangest opening question. Um, yeah. I can't lie to you. Yeah, but I'll, I'll play along as always do. Um, favourite amphibian? Probably a frog. Why not? Um, always fun when you see one cutting about. Not so fun when you're trying to cross a road and you're swerving to avoid them. But yeah, mm. favourite amphibian frog. There you go. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, that'll be one for the ages, no doubt. There. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you get up to the weekend just past? Um, good weekend for me. Well, good weekend bar the obvious doing we received off in Verario on Saturday. The less said about that, the better. But I had a fun Saturday night and a fun Sunday. I'm not a golfer myself, mm-hmm. but had a golf day for my mates. Ended up playing better than expected. Still miles behind everyone else and got some funny looks off regulars at the course. But it was a class day out. We try and uh, get into golf a wee bit more in the future. Apparently it's, um, it's what is it, fancy word when like... Oh, can forget that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a chance this is coming out, by the way. <laughs> you better keep thinking, Sam. Um, re- not reversible. When you like. <laughs> oh, transferable. Transferable. <laughs> that is not coming out, by the way. This is definitely staying in. Apparently, Shinty is a transferable skill to golf. There we yeah. go. What a start to the podcast <laughs> talking about amphibians. <laughs> oh, um, I think most of the uh, most a lot of shitty players I know play golf already, but um, you are really living up to you know the the title middle class maestro, aren't you? I think I'm going to start getting into golf a bit more. Gee, Wes, like... you just chuck this on me out and over. I'm not enjoying it one bit. <laughs> uh, any plans for this week? Uh, I'm off to Manchester on Friday. Uh, my new boss is a big Man United fan and has kindly organised a work day out watching Man United and RC Lens from France on Saturday. Wow. Hospitality tickets too, which is nice. Wow. You'll know fine well after the Ballymore final. I certainly enjoy a bit of hospitality. Um, obviously not helping the middle class maestro nickname there. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, good weekend ahead for me. Um, guessing you'll be having a quiet one after a mental two weekends. Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty rough couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, at Belgium at the weekend, a festival up here. Maybe talk a little bit more about that later. Um, I don't really have it in me to talk about it just now. It's too soon. Maybe next week's podcast. Um, but no, it was good. Uh, and obviously, I was over in Ireland with the under seventeens, which was you know not too mental, but yeah, certainly uh, taxing looking after seventeen under seventeens. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not. Well, I'm having a quiet one. Yeah, I'm just out for a pizza. Uh, one of my friends is over from Dublin. So that'll be nice on Saturday, but I am actually unfortunately working on Saturday at the Telecoms Camna Cup semi-final. So it's not all good. You've got to take swings and roundabouts. The good news is because I'm working, I'll probably miss County getting turned over by Celtic, which is, I think, the 12.30 game on Sky with is the season starting part? this weekend. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. That is a yeah. tough one. Not ideal. Not ideal. But let listen, enough about the football. Let's move on to the shinty and as always we'll start with the wheel of news and normally i would let you get things underway but i am going to start this week because otherwise they would be further down the pecking order and they simply deserve to be first 
I want to talk about Lewis Kamenacht. Lewis Kamenacht have been on fire lately, and after Saturday's result, they've now won an impressive seven games in a row. Not only that, but across those seven games, they've beaten everyone in the top half of the league, including Carber Fay, and on Saturday just past, they comfortably beat league leaders Lacharen, dominating the game and securing a resounding 5-0 victory. Goals came from Paul Duke, Donald Lamont, Callum McCritchie and a double from Donny McRae and they all played a pivotal role in securing what was a huge win for Lewis. This kind of performance from Lewis, I guess it's kind of testament to the hard work and dedication that's been put in from both the players and coaching staff. We've spoken about it a lot on the podcast, you know, just how much commitment it takes to to be an island club. Um, you know, obviously limited resources uh, and for all shinty clubs and those resources haven't to be spent on ferries, bus travel, once you get over to the mainland, hours and hours just to play your nearest game. Um, rising to second place in the league with all that, it's absolutely no small feat and they've proven that they are forced to be reckoned with. They're now just two points behind Lacharan at the top of the league and although Lacharan have a game in hand, it is clear that Lewis are going to be hot on their heels for the rest of the season. I think it's safe to say I probably built Lewis up a, a good bit there. The last thing I want to do is bring them back down to earth, but I just can't see Lacharan losing the two games they would need to for Lewis to do the unthinkable and win the league. Caberfay could potentially take points from them on the 26th of August at Castle Loud. That certainly is not out of the question, but I just can't see any of the other sides they've got left to play managing to do it. That being said, they do play Strathglass on the last day of the season, and the boys from Cannock managed to hold them to a draw on the reverse leg, so you never know. What the 5-0 scoreline from Saturday did do for Lewis was really swing the goal difference in their favour, with the Islanders now on plus 21 compared to, uh, I think it's plus 9, is it? Let me double check, I probably should have written that down. Um, but anyway, they've got plus 21, which is remarkably <laughs> more remarkably more than what Lacharen have. So I think that there is a half chance there for Lewis. Do I think, gun to my head, that they can do it? No, I don't think Lacharen will drop that many points, but I just wanted to give them a big congratulations because, you know, now that they've beaten the league leaders, there's there's no telling where this run could stop. They could keep it going right the way to the end of the season. And even if they don't then go ahead and get promoted, what an incredible run to be on and momentum to have going into 2024. I backed Caberfay at the start of the season, which now looks quite unlikely for them. Uh, just 4% of people went for challengers, Lewis, Kami. But who did you go for? I think in North 2, I went for Aberdeen Uni, actually. Um, which now, look, I think they're mid-table right now, which probably looks like a kind of silly prediction. But I think it was quite an educated one. I think quite a few maybe would have backed them as well, because I think they had a quite decent campaign last season. And I think they're maybe yeah. one of the favourites to do it this season. It's obviously just not worked out well for them. Um, Lacaran would have probably been a very, very good guest to go up as well. Looking back, Caberfay was obviously quite an educated guest, but I mean, I don't think many people were back in Lewis, and I think you touched on it very well there. Like, I won't add too much, but I'd go as far as saying Lewis's form this season could be one of the best stories in Shinty. I'd, I'd honestly go that far for a newish, say newish island side who haven't really lit up the world in terms of results in recent memory to gain the amount of numbers and support they've shown this season on the island and to perform consistently against tough, tough opposition, and not only perform, thrash teams as well is incredible. They've got a big squad, a big future ahead of them, and I feel like we'll be seeing Lewis and North one in the very near future. Yeah, I certainly hope so, Cami. But what else do you want to talk about? Uh, I shall move on. 
and I'll move south like I always do. And uh, something that caught my eye was Call Glenn finally getting the better of Inverary in their hundredth time of asking, <laughs> it seemed. Um, in all seriousness, this was the fourth time the two have met this season with Airy winning all three previous encounters uh, and the two times the two met last year as well. But it was finally Call Glenn's chance to get one over them. And in my eyes, I thought this was going to be one of the more one-sided and very performances out of the six meetings uh, the past two seasons prior to throw up. And I know Airy were going to be pretty much at full strength bar maybe one or two suspensions. And I know they'd be keen to keep tabs in promotion. I also know that Call Glenn were short again, uh, although Jamie McVicker returned from suspension. I think they only fielded 12 with no subs for this tie, which is pretty amazing considering they got the result. Mm. Um, Scott McVicker's early strike was the difference between the two well I say that was the difference I think all those at the Winterton knew it was Call Glenn goalkeeper Scott Simons who was the difference who apparently had a ridiculously good performance between the sticks he made a series of unreal saves including denying Fraser Watt from the penalty spot with Airy going on to miss another penalty later on in the game too Call Glenn mega fan and former player Ewan Morley described Scott's performances one of the best goalkeeper performances he's ever seen which only wow. uh, shows how good uh, must have been. Uh, I wasn't there, obviously. I was too busy getting a doing off in very seconds and hour <laughs> down the road. Um, but it seemed like a brilliant day for Coglin, who now sit fifth. Um, 80, one above them, will probably now concede that they'll be playing National Shinty next year. It definitely seems like it's been a season of if, buts, and maybes for the Midder Gale men. Um, they clearly possess quality, but consistency has been the issue for them this year, I reckon. But yeah, big, big win for Coglin and a really frustrating loss for Inverary. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think that that's probably the, the final nail in, in their promotion hopes just with so many other strong teams. I mean, you look at the league, it's only two points, I think, still between them and second place, maybe three. Um, but when you look at the teams that are below them, Komali, I think, have only played eight. They've got plenty of games in hand. They'll rise. Fort William are in a really good run of form just now. They look like they're throwing their heart in the ring. And of course, we've still got Lechaber and Glenacker up there too. Um, then I think that probably will just kill them off, unfortunately. But They'll go again next year, and uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, a, a small, a small slice of happiness uh, for you that Inverary didn't win, didn't do the double last weekend after what the seconds did down as Chucker. Very, 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 very small slice of happiness. <laughs> I think the damage was already done, mate. <laughs> uh, I opened the podcast by speaking about a team that has shot up the table over the last few weeks, so I think it would be a disservice if I didn't speak about the other one, Kyle's Athletic. Fresh from a huge win against Newton Moore at Tina Brewick, the 2012 Kamna Cup winners have now won four consecutive games in the league. And as we know, a run like that is more than enough to shoot you up the table and away from danger in what is an incredibly competitive division. Now, it probably speaks more to our <laughs> unreliable podcasting over the summer months than anything else, but the episode just two weeks ago, I say two weeks ago, two episodes ago, started with Kyle's edge out of relegation zone. Now they're as close to Canusi at the top as they are to Bewley in ninth place and they seem capable of beating anyone in the league with the exception maybe of the champions. Centre and friend of the podcast Ross McRae has six goals since Kyle's last defeat while Connor Kennedy and Scott McDonald continue to impress. Roddy's positional change, Roddy McDonald that is, uh, into the centre seems to you know really have helped the team's structure and have done them a world of good and he's been singled out for individual praise, both online and, of course, in the newspapers over the past six weeks. On a personal note, it's been great to see Will Cowie's name on the score sheet a little bit less over the last few weeks. I had enough Kyle's propaganda to take over a small country whilst I was over in Ireland, so the quieter he is, the better. 
Overall, though, it's been a great run in the league for Kyles, although I do suspect they'll still be a little disappointed that they weren't able to turn that league form into a cap semi-final appearance, especially the defeat to GMA and the Macaulay, albeit they run Levitt very close in the Kamen uh, Act as well, so they'll probably be just equally disappointed about that. But my question to you, Kami, is Kyles are currently four points behind Kanusi, having played a game more, but with a potential points deduction looming for the champions, according to social media, did we declare the season over too soon? See, I was just about to jump the gun there and say no, but then I totally forgot about the potential points deduction which is coming, which could swing things. Have we declared it over too soon? I'll say no, but not as a convincing no. And that is basically down to down to King Yusi's ability and King Yusi's performances and their future performances, I suspect, as well, which I think I will get into quite shortly. But I mean, in terms of Kyle's they're playing like a team possessed right now. <laughs> they're showing that they are actually very very difficult to beat at home. It's kind of the saying in Shinty, you've got to go down to Tenebrook to beat them and things like that. But the home form over the past couple of seasons has been quite inconsistent right mm-hmm. now. No, they're winning a lot at home and they're playing very, very good Shinty there as well. And I think they're playing as good as Shinty and everyone, everyone in the kind of premiership knows like what they're capable of in that sense. Um, relegation dogfight to third in a space of a few weeks is nothing short of incredible. Numbers might have been on their side, but as you mentioned, the kind of positional changes as well. Um, we always say it, we say it that they're a cup team, they say that on their day when they have their kind of 12 out that they want, they can cause teams problems. It's been a question of have they been actually able to do that? And especially in the kind of the camera cup defeat at the hands of love it. That'll that'll be an absolute sickener. And then all honest with you, I thought that was going to be a case of then Kyle's going on to maybe kind of end the season maybe poorly, because that's mm. the amount of the cup competition, not an awful yeah. lot to play in the Premier League, but they've done the complete opposite. They've bounced back and they've turned their season around and they're playing some of the best shit they've played in the last few years, I'd say anyway. So fair play to them. Yeah, absolutely. What else do you want to talk about then, Cami? Touched on it very, very briefly there. I'll continue in the Premiership and I'll continue with King Yusi, who are now finally the league leaders on course on course to win another um, Premiership title. I think the question of the points deduction kind of looms over them, but we won't get into that too much um, if that happens in the next few weeks. And obviously that's going to be a big point of discussion. But right now they're sitting top. Um, Newton Moore's lost to Kyle's, as we mentioned there, uh, alongside uh, King Yusey's very tough and narrow victory away from home. But Oban Kamrick was enough to shoot them into pole position. Still level on points with Newton Moore, but four games in hand. Mm. The only real competition in the league for now is probably themselves. They've got a straight path to victory, but they do still need to play eight games in the league, which is still plenty of time to mess things up, you could argue. They've mm-hmm. also been winning games by very slender margins recently. 2-1 against Oban, 2-1 against Sky, 1-0 against Lovett. Now, some may see that as a bit lucky. Me, personally, I'm thinking about how solid Kingus' defence must actually be as they continue to come up against some of the best forward lines in Shinty and still continue to keep the scoreline down to very low numbers. That's even if the opposition can get onto the score sheet. Mm-hmm. They say defence wins you championships, and I feel like that's the difference between Kingusi, this Kingusi team to last year's uh, who tended to just kind of blow teams away with the forward line which obviously included Roddy Young um, can you see I think they've got the best uh, defence in Shinty only conceded eight in the league so far which is six less than the next best defence in the division which is love it and it looks like 
if everything goes to plan, this defence could be marshalling King UC to the third Premiership title in a row and their 15th since the Premiership was introduced in the late 90s, which will potentially make it 15 out of a possible 25 if you include the three unplayable seasons, twice due to COVID and once due to the change into summer shinty. However, there's still a lot of shinty left who played, so maybe it is too early to call, but right now I'm still back in King UC. Yeah, no, I think uh, we touched upon it maybe at the end of the last question. It's jumped the gun a little bit there, but I don't think that there's there's really anyone. Um, you know, I was saying, would you know, could Kyle's potentially uh, catch them? Uh, I don't think that anyone will match uh, Canucci's results, let alone better them between now and the end of the season. And yes, Canucci have a lot of games left, and there's you know, like you say, there is still the chance to mess it up. But I just can't see it. They're too experienced. Um, now, I mean, before they would maybe had labelled at them in the cap competitions that that they didn't have that experience to get it over the line. They proved that wrong last year with a Grand Slam win, and we know uh, it's factual that they they have the experience in the league. They've done it twenty nineteen. They've done it in twenty twenty two. Um, they were winning their league in twenty twenty one during the COVID season. So, I do think that Kinnisi will still win the league. Um, but yeah, the games are a lot tighter, which makes it a little bit more exciting for the neutral, I would say. You were right to point that out there. The final thing I wanted to talk about actually happened when I was over in Ireland, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the podcast yet. Although actually, yeah, let me just quickly touch on Ireland. I want to say a big well done uh, and thanks to all of the under-17s who travelled over to Ireland to take part in the R.I. Cruden Tour of Ireland. Great bunch of guys from, I think, eight different clubs and they did well in both matches, securing the win on Monday night and then competing well against the All-Ireland runners-up on the Tuesday. I was speaking to the coaches of Kilkenny after the game on Tuesday night and he told me that their under-17s train five nights a week, one night solo in the gym, one team gym session and then three grass sessions outside and that each player has an individualised training and nutritional plan. Incredible levels of dedication uh, and, uh, you know, I just found that really eye-opening and something that really we should be aspiring to at our own level, at that top level. Um, But anyway, I've gone off tangent big style there. What I wanted to talk about was the women's finalists being confirmed. We will deal with the Challenge Cup first. Uh, There's not too much to say about Kinloch Shields' incredible 16-win, 16-win, 16-0 win over Denard other than, you know, it truly was incredible. And it just goes to show that there probably is still quite a gap between North 2 and South 2 at the moment because Denard have been absolutely splendid in the majority of their other games this season. But congratulations, Mascot Shield, for making another final. I know just how keen they are to retain the trophy and they'll have the chance to do that against Inverness B as they overcame a spirited Glengarry 5-2 in the other semi. And Elaine Carmen double was cancelled out thanks to a fantastic five goals from mercurial talent, Isla McNeil. Now that looks like a really tasty final with probably the two best teams in North 2 going head-to-head. Obviously, Kinloch Shield will be favourites having already defeated Inverness this year, but you just never know. Elsewhere in the Maui, Valerie Fraser, Kamina Cap, there were two fantastic games. Firstly, congratulations to Glasgow Midder-Gyle, who overcame newly promoted Glenuckert 6-3 to make their first Kamina final since winning the competition in 2015. Both Joan Nicholson and Lucy McNulty hit an impressive hat-trick in that game to power them through to the final. The other semi-final saw a major shock as Sky dumped Holder's Bade knockout of the cap. 
competition top scorer Sarah Yoxon's double, cancelling out goals from Zoe Reed and Megan Ralph. That meant that Donna McKenzie and Rihanna Kirk's goals would send Sky through to the final again. This is a real shock for me, considering Badenoch had just won 9-3 seven days earlier. However, that result means we will have the first Maui Valerie Fraser Kamenak Cup final without Badenoch since 2017. And it probably also means the golfing quality between the two sides in the final will be far less. I spoke to co-manager Ian Robinson after the game to ask him what went wrong. And he said that, you know, Sky just wanted it much more. So a real incredible turnaround from them to go from losing 9-3 to to winning and going through to the final. So, yeah, I wish them uh, and all the teams playing in the final in September the best of luck. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Tallach Homes, proud partners of the Kamenacht Association. Like the game of Shinti, Tallach Homes has strong Highland roots and a heritage going back over 95 years. The superior finishes and high-quality fittings in every Tallach home, together with fresh contemporary interiors and energy-saving features, mean you're assured of an attractive, well-built home. For a great choice of homes in the best locations in Scotland, simply search Tallach Homes online or follow them on social media. It would now be time for Kick Tip Corner, Kami. However, I was otherwise incapacitated or maybe otherwise inebriated um, to put the games up due to a certain Highland Music Festival. However, no games mean that you did not drop any further down the table, Kami. So you must be happy with that. Yeah, I was just about to say, you being miraculous suited me very well. Saved me another week of shinty embarrassment. Did have a wee sneak peek uh, of this week's fixtures, and to be honest, they're looking hard ones again. So I think it's just that time of year when teams have a lot to play for. So probably another poor week in store for me. So it was a nice wee break. Yeah, the good news is you're really optimistic about it. I don't want to take it too much back to football, but are, are you playing fantasy football Scotland this year? Or is it was the one, one dance with me in FPL last year enough for you? Um, one dance was enough for me. I don't have the kind of, I can't, I can't play. Like once it gets to October, I'm done with it. I don't have the kind of like um intention span for it, if you will. Uh, nothing to do with you beating me though. Uh, nothing to do with that. No, okay, right. We better move on. What do you want to talk about in terms of game of the week then, Cami? What are you thinking? So in our usual confusing formatting of this podcast, uh, I went for my game of the week as well as also agreeing that there's arguably a bigger candidate for game of the week, which I'll need to touch on. That's okay. obviously this Saturday's Camden Cup semi-final between Kinloch Shield yeah. and Kinguse, which no doubt is the biggest game of shinty this weekend. Um, everyone outside one part of Badenoch will be bored of tears of my Kinguse loving on the podcast recently. <laughs> uh, and I touched on a detail earlier, so I won't go on. But it's safe to say this is a huge fixture this weekend, which should go on to tell who will be crowned this year's champions in Inverness in September. Um, I reckon Kinloch Shield's season will rest solely on this game. Um, and they've been looking very good up until their two mishaps recently, one of which including Kinguse's Macaulay Cup semi-final win over Kinloch Shield the other week. Shield will now need to be at their absolute best to beat Kinguse, um, but the way they've been playing, you wouldn't be surprised to see Kinguse once again booking their place into the Camera Cup final. Massive game in store for Shinty fans on Saturday. No 
doubt, but it's not my game of the week. My game of the week is shock horror in the south of Scotland, where the <laughs> best of Shinty has played. And to no surprise, it's also in the best division in Shinty, and that's oh, South Division 2, God. baby. <laughs> Jokes aside, you and I love a regional league promotion battle, and we had a slight mm. taste of one on Saturday with Lewis and Lacaran. But realistically, one was taken away from us the other weekend when GMA couldn't field a team against Butin South 1 and Newton Moore seemed to be clear favourites to win the league again in North 2. However, mm-hmm. Tayforth are travelling to Loch Elped on Saturday in a first v second battle at the top of South 2. Komori have been running away with the league and are levelling points with Tayforth and boast two games in hand, which would look like they're clear favourites to go up this year. The catch is that Tayforth and Komori still need to play each other in the league twice this year, and the first meeting between the two commences on Saturday. If the men from the capital can feel their strongest team and include the likes of Ewan Menzies, Brendan Duggan, Duncan Martin, then they will cause Komori problems, but I do feel like Komori will have a wee bit too much firepower from them up front eh, for Tafoff and will probably go on to win this potentially league-deciding clash. Regardless, massive, massive game in South 2. I'm really looking forward to seeing the outcome. Um, I love a kind of competitive league clash, and I think South 2 has been pretty competitive at points this season. And it's maybe not looking like Komori are running away from it, as you'd expect. But Tayforth got a big, big chance to kind of claw them back, if you will. So, yeah, huge game. Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you're right to note that I did ask you for our game of the week. And once again, you've given me two. Um, <laughs> I think one week you gave me three, though. So let's deal with the one. Quite indecisive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely are. Well, I'll deal with the first one you mentioned first, which is of co- obviously the huge telecoms Kamna Cup semi-final. I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought Kinloch Shield would win one of the three games against Kinesi. Now, obviously you mentioned there that they lost the Macaulay semi, which would have been a real sore run for them to take. But there's no better remedy than winning in the telecoms Kamna Cup semi-final this weekend. Of course, this is by far the biggest of the three clashes. I'll be there on Saturday, like I mentioned, working... I did go against Kinesi on kick tip for the Macaulay and it backfired on me. So I think I'm going to have to back them this week just to make sure that I can keep pace with the leaders and keep it exciting for myself coming into the last sort of six or seven weeks of the season. On Kilmory versus Tay Forth, uh, I think it's been really impressive the string of performances that Tay Forth have managed to put together and they've begun to slowly but surely have a chance at least to reel in Kilmory. That being said, Kilmory still have two games in hand, like you mentioned. So I make this actually a must win for Tay Forth. I know they've got to play them again, but I think if they've got any ambition of returning to Maui South Division 1 this year, uh, then they need to win this game. A draw probably would be enough for Kilmory to see it over the line, in my opinion, even if they lose that other game. Um, they have only lost one game, I think it is, all season. Uh, against the mighty Stucker Danoon, if I'm not wrong. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, for them to drop points another three times, it seems highly unlikely. I'll be back in Kilmory. I think as impressive as Tay Forth have been, Kilmory are currently just a step above that. And that has been made clear by the performances this season and indeed their performance in the single team cap final against a much stronger on paper Glengarry side. But will we chat about another couple of games before we wrap up, Kami? Which game did you find most difficult to predict this week? There was definitely a lot, um, but the hard to predict for me this week is the semi-final of the Sutherland Cup, particularly Kinloch Shields clash with Newton Moore at Speenbridge, which was also probably another candidate for uh, Game of the Week, which would have been three, game, <laughs> three games of the week in my uh, Game of the <laughs> Week, but... Going to be a cracker of the semi-final in store. Um, when you think Sutherland Cup, you'd be forgiven for thinking the 
Barrett's Newton more to lose. They've won five of the last seven cups and weren't actually involved in the other two finals, meaning they've got a hundred percent record in Southern Cup finals in the past five times they've made it that far. However, the question of will they make it this year is seriously in there. And as a match up against a Kinlock Shield side who have had their number at points this season and last, with Shield beating Newton Moore in the Strathdairn semi in Newton Moore's backyard, uh, with Shield coming away 3 1 winners not so long ago. So, what you've got is a team who have the ability to beat Newton Moore and Kinlock Shield, who have already proved this season and the odd time last season for that matter, up against a team who are probably the favourites to win the Southern Cup every year recently. And the record shows that they are experts in this competition. Very, very tough one to pick. I'm slightly leaning towards Newton Moore because Shield first do have that bumper Camera Cup semi-final, which will maybe limit the amount of fringe first-team players able to make the journey down to Spinbridge on Saturday. But I think regardless, it's going to be an absolutely cracking semi-final, so I'm really looking forward to that one. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, you've hit basically all of the notes that I'd made on that game um, perfectly. I think that the... Um, fact that she'll have such a, a big game, like you said, means that the players that are between the first team and second team will be up in Inverness, um, and that might just be the difference when coming up against you know sort of imperious Newton Moore side, the all-time record holders of the Sutherland Cup, the last two winners of the Sutherland Cup five times in the last seven years, I think. So I'm going to have to back Newton Moore in this one. They've been unreal in this competition over the last few years, and I just cannot see that changing. But I'm glad you went for Kinloch Shield versus Newton Moore because I've gone for the sister tie, Glenacker versus Sky. Sky, they have the edge on Glenacker in terms of league position, with the Islanders challenging towards the top of the league and Glen looking a wee bit shaky towards the bottom. However, Glen have been really good in the cap this year and boast a victory against Sky up in Portree back in April. So it certainly isn't impossible. Whenever Sutherland semis come around, I always have a look and see who the first team are playing, like I just said about Sheila Newton Moore. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I'm delighted to see that both teams are playing and have important games because that means we will likely see the real second teams. The Sky first, currently trying to push away from the relegation zone, and Glenacker first, trying to extend their lead at the top of the national. If I had to choose between the two, I would say Sky. Guy probably narrowly win, probably a 2-1, but it would be absolutely no surprise if Glen Eckert managed to make the final with that extra motivation of playing the 100th anniversary final at their home ground in September. Cami, what do you think about that? Yeah, touched on it there. Um, Glen Eckert maybe have that motivation to play this year's final, considering it will be at home as well. And I mean, you've also mentioned them earlier on, uh, a few weeks back in the podcast, like how kind of good they have been in terms of form, both the seconds and the firsts. I'm agreeing with you, though. I'm verging towards Sky for this one. I've been impressed with them, especially recently. Signing Dan McDonald from Coglane's been massive. I think he's scored 11 goals since joining so far, which makes him like in the top five goals scored in North Division 2, or North Division 1, sorry, already, which is incredible considering he joined halfway through the season. I think his firepower up front will probably be enough to kind of swerve it. But I think, yeah, I think it's definitely one to kind of put down for hard to predict because that can go either way. And it will be nice to see one of them in the Sutherland Cup final as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Absolutely. And that brings us to the end of the episode. So thank you very much for joining me, Kami. Thanks again, mate. Cheers. And thank you for listening. Enjoy your shinty.